Okay, we're in the Judges of Israel. This is part four. And tonight we're looking at Deborah and Barak. And, and all week I was like, man, I don't know if I'm the only one that says it that way. Uh, some people call her Deborah or Deborah. I call her Deborah. I've always called her that since I was like a kid. So I'm not going to change it. It's just the way it is. So if you say it differently, you're not wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. I think we're all right. So uh, we can say it however we want. Uh, Deborah is the fourth judge of Israel. She is the only female judge of Israel. And she judges. Uh, I'm working on a timeline for all of this. So somewhere towards the end of this uh, series, I'll have a printout of the timeline of it. And it'll be kind of cool. You can see where everything fits in. And uh, I've figured that she is judging around 1200 B.C. Um, her time of judging was a bit different uh, than the rest of the judges but she, because she had uh, one person with her to help her. Uh, she had someone that was willing to do the work with her. And we'll find in the message tonight that having a good godly friend to help you and help you serve God is very important. Now, I watched a uh, clip this week, and it was, uh, kind of, I think it was five or six years old or something, but it was uh, of running, and it was a marathon in, in Dallas, and uh, there was a female runner, and she was about 50 yards or so from the finish line, and so she could see it. She could see it out there, and, you know, it's where all the people are lined up, and everybody's watching her cameras and, and all that kind of thing, and uh, she's about to win this marathon. I, I, I believe she was in first place. Uh, she was going to win it. Her time was the lowest. And uh, her legs started cramping really bad, and she actually fell to the ground. And she got up and tried to take a couple more steps and fell. And in and, and watching the video, you could actually see her muscles were just contracted and not, like, letting go. And uh, so as much as she wanted to keep running, her body just would not let her. Well, another lady comes up behind her, and uh, because of the way they do this um, – they don't start everybody at the same time. So the lady coming up behind her is actually not passing her in time. Um, but she comes up behind her and uh, sees that she's on the ground and stops and reaches over and picks up her arm and helps her up. And then they start to try to run and the lady's falling again. And so she just grabs her arm and helps her. Uh, they actually slowly jog across that finish line. Uh, but that first lady, her name was Chandler something, uh, and uh, she would not have made it across that finish line if someone didn't stop and help her. Sometimes we cannot do a job on our own. Uh, sometimes we need some help. Uh, and we'll see today that it's okay to need help. It's okay to get help. Uh, sometimes we can't do it on our own, and that's just okay. Uh, that is why it is important to pick the right people to surround us. How many other uh, of those runners probably would have just passed that lady? You know, we don't, I don't know. There was no one else around at that time, but there, there was probably other people in that race would have just passed her right up. It's important who we pick to surround us. Uh, we need to be very careful on who we pick to put around us. We need to put thought and prayer into who we allow around us because someday we may need them to help us do some work or, or get through something. Uh, we need good, godly friends in our life that will help us get to the finish line. Uh, they will help us and guide us and help us get there or even push us to get there sometimes when needed. Now, we will see today that someone chosen by God 
uh, someone that God handpicked needed help. And that's Deborah. She was the judge and she needed help. Uh, this is a very prestigious position, being judge in Israel. Uh, she's the leader of Israel, and she asked someone to help do the job that God had to get, uh, that wanted to get done. Uh, so first let's look at who is Deborah. Uh, we'll look at Judges chapter 4, and we'll look at verses 4 and 5. It says, and Deborah, a prophetess, a, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Uh, so Deborah was a prophetess. Uh, I think that it would be a kind of interesting study. I've never done a study on the prophetists in the Bible. Um, I... Uh, we're not going to look at them, but I actually made a list tonight of the ones that I knew of that are in the Bible. Uh, and there, there's a few. Uh, Miriam, and we have Deborah here in Judges. Huldah, isn't that a beautiful name? Wouldn't you just love if your mom called you Huldah? Uh, Nodiah, uh, that's Nodiah. Um, Anna, there's also an unnamed prophetess in the book of Isaiah, chapter 8. Uh, a lot of people believe that it was probably Isaiah's wife. Uh, it's not stated in there, so we don't know for sure. Um, and then uh, just uh, for bonus points, there is a uh, lady who claimed to be a prophetess, but who was not really, and that's Jezebel. Um, so uh, those are the ones that I knew of uh, and, and found. And I do have references for them. If you want those, you can come get those from me later. Uh, but we're not going to spend time on that. I think it would be an interesting study, though. But uh, the point of all of saying all of that is that Deborah is not the only woman that God used uh, in this calling. God called Deborah to serve him as a prophet, and she obeyed in that area. Uh, this also shows us a consistency with the other judges that we've already learned about. They were all experienced in serving God before he called them into the service of being a judge. Uh, it wasn't like uh, they were backslidden or something, and God's all of a sudden say, hey, I need you to be judge. No, they were serving God, and then God uses them as a judge. Uh, you're probably going to get sick of me saying this throughout this series, but we need to be faithful now so that God can use us later. Uh, whatever it is that God has called you to do today, uh, you need to stay faithful to that because we need to be uh, uh, able to serve God for what he has in the future. Uh, four years ago, or maybe a little bit more than that, uh, when we came to the church here, uh, we, uh, me and Autumn became the junior church teachers. Uh, and if pastor had asked me to do that, and I, you know, I said yes, and, and then all of a sudden I didn't come all the time, or I just kind of came randomly. Maybe I missed a Sunday here and there, uh, maybe uh, every other week or something. Uh, I probably would not be preaching here tonight if I wasn't faithful to what God had already asked me to do. Uh, God has work for us to do now, and God has work for us to do later. Uh, God may have a plan to call you into a new type of service somewhere down the road. Uh, but if you're not faithful today, he cannot use you down the road. Uh, so Deborah, she was a prophetess. We also see from the verses we read that Deborah was from Mount Ephraim. Uh, Mount Ephraim is in the region of Ephraim, which uh, he, that is one of the children of Joshua that was included in the inheritance 
of the children of Israel. And uh, we'll quickly look at a couple verses here. Uh, flip back to Joshua chapter 16. Joshua chapter 16, verse 1. It says there, and the lot of the children of Joseph fell from Jordan by Jericho unto the water of Jericho on the east to the wilderness that goeth up from Jericho throughout Mount Bethel. Uh, And then skip down to verse 4. So the children of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, took their inheritance. Now skip ahead a chapter to uh, 17 and verse 10. Southward it was Ephraim's and northward it was Manasseh's and the sea is his border and they met together in Asher on the north and in Isachar on the east and then skip down to 15 and Joshua answered them if thou be a great people then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. Uh, so this is when they were dividing up the land. They got their uh, possession. And uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, they got this land here. And basically what they're saying to Joshua is, uh, it's not big enough. We need more land. There's more people here uh, than we got land for. And then Joshua says, okay, if uh, Mount Ephraim area is not big enough for you, then you can go northward. Uh, and that's what they do. We won't read the rest of that, but that's what they do. Uh, so I just read that to kind of give you an uh, explanation of, where this is. Uh, if you have a map in your Bible, you can probably see a lot of that area in the map in the back of your Bible. Uh, Mount Ephraim, uh, again, is in the region of Ephraim. Uh, and we see that Mount, this mount is, uh, belonged to Ephraim. And Deborah lived there. And it says in the verses in Judges, I believe uh, 4 or 5, that she lived between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. So it appears that she lived very near to the area of Benjamin, which borders uh, the southern border of Ephraim. Um, And then there's a phrase under the palm tree of Deborah in that verse. And this probably refers to where she sat when she judged the people. It was the location uh, where people would go to find her. Uh, It it could possibly mean that she had a house under the palm tree there. Um, I don't think that's as likely as just where she sat. Uh, because it says that the people came up there for judgment. Uh, so we know that Deborah was a prophetess. We knew that where she is living. So now let's look at who is Barak. Look at verse 6, Judges 4, 6. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali. And we'll stop there for now. Uh, so Barak was the son of Abinoam. And this actually does not tell us very much because Abinoam is never mentioned aside from being the father of Barak. Uh, So that's all we know about his father. Uh, Barak was from uh, Kadesh Naphtali. Now, Naphtali is the northernmost tribe of Israel, and Kadesh was right about in the middle of the territory. Uh, We also see that Barak was a man of war. Uh, and we'll see this uh, through this recorded event that Barak was not a stranger to war uh, when he was told to lead the army against Jabin's army. Uh, he did request help, and we'll see that, but he does lead them into the battle. And when he's asked to do all of this, 
it seems like it was reasonable to go to him to ask him to do this. Uh, so we know who Deborah is and we know who Barak is. Maybe uh, not a lot of details there, but we know as much as we're told about these two. So now I want to look at what was going on during the time of Deborah and Barak. And first, we're going to take a look at and see what was going on between Ehud, the last judge, and Deborah. Uh, now, there was peace in Israel for 80 years under Ehud, if you remember that from last week. Uh, as soon as Ehud dies, though, the children of Israel went back to doing evil again in the eyes of the Lord. Look at Judges chapter 4, verse 1. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. Uh, God does not just let Israel do evil without any correction, without any punishment. Uh, God loves them enough to correct them. Uh, so God allows Jabin, the king of Canaan, to persecute them and rule over them. Look at verse 2. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazar, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Harasheth of the Gentiles. Uh, so uh, God allows uh, Jabin to, to rule over and oppress the Israelites here. And we see finally that Israel comes to their senses and they cry to God for help. Look at verse 3. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had 900 chariots of iron and 20 years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. Uh, so we see that Jabin ruled over them for 20 years. That's a long time. Uh, 20 long years uh, before Israel finally comes back to God and begs for help. Uh, think about all the time that they wasted here. Uh, all the time of not being close to God. Of not serving God. And all this time that they were under this uh, evil ruler, they wasted so much time. Uh, first of all, we should not waste our time. Uh, Ephesians 5, 16 and 17, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So even if we, uh, if someone tried to justify Israel walking away and, and during this wicked time, uh, which uh, sounds crazy, but many people do it. Uh, you, many people try to justify what they do. Uh, but even if Israel wasn't doing evil, which they were, but if they weren't, they were still wasting time. And this is foolish. This is very unwise. We need to redeem the time. Time is precious. We need to use our time wisely and serve God with our time. We cannot just waste the whole week and do nothing for God. Every Sunday, we're given a whole week. We get seven days. Uh, Sunday is the first day of the week. We get a whole week here. And we can serve God all of these seven days, especially this week, right? Uh, or we could just waste all six of those days and then come back to church on Sunday and serve God on Sunday. Uh, we need to serve God every day. Uh, we cannot waste our week. We cannot waste our time. Now, Israel, they wasted all that time. All those 20 years was all wasted. It was all gone. They weren't serving God. They weren't uh, being close to God. Uh, but they weren't just relaxing. They weren't just trying to, uh, you know, waste time on Facebook or anything along those lines. Uh, they were actually doing evil. 
they were not uh, doing good. They were doing evil. Look at Judges chapter 5, verse 7. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. That's Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. There was, was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? Uh, they could have been serving God, but instead they did wickedness. They chose other gods, the verse says. Uh, how many times uh, do we do this same thing? Instead of serving God, we do something else instead. Uh, we could choose to read our Bibles, but we choose to watch a movie instead. Uh, we could go out and tell someone about Jesus, but we descend to, decide to just spend our time on Facebook gossiping about everybody we know. Uh, there are times that we could do right in the eyes of God, but we choose to do what's right in our own eyes instead. Now, I bring this up because sometimes, I, me personally, I can be really hard on Israel uh, during this time in Judges. And, and how many times did they leave God and they did evil and they served false gods? Uh, there were so many times that they did that. Uh, but if we actually looked at ourselves and our own lives, we'd realize that we've done it too. Uh, so may we just remember to look internally, uh, look at ourselves, keep ourselves right with God and worry about that first. Uh, so Jabin here, he oppressed the children of Israel for 20 years. And this is where Deborah and Barak come into the picture under Jabin's oppression. Uh, this is what happened just before uh, Deborah is the judge. And this is what is happening as she's following God's leading as the judge for Israel. So now let's look at how Deborah judges. And as we do that, the first thing we will see is the calling of Barak. Uh, we'll see the calling of Barak. Let's look at verse 6, Judges chapter 4, verse 6. And she sent and called Barak the son of Abinoam out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulon? And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, and his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, if, I, if thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So, uh, Deborah here, she sends word to Barak and tells him that God is telling them to, to do something here. And God has a specific plan for Barak to carry out. Uh, notice that Barak is not the judge of Israel. We've looked at other judges of Israel and they led uh, Israel into battle. Uh, and they were the leader of Israel, they were the judge of Israel, and they led him into battle. Barak is not the judge. Deborah is the judge. But God is using Barak to do this. Uh, also, God tells Deborah what he wants Barak to do, 
and she is obedient in getting the message to Barak. Uh, we have, uh, again, we've looked at judges and how God's used them uh, and, and used the leader, the judge, to carry out his plan. And it was uh, the leader that was telling Barak that God wanted to use him at this time. So sometimes we might be the leader and sometimes we might be just going about our lives and God says, I choose you. And uh, we need to be ready and willing to serve God. Whether we're a leader or we're not a leader, God can still use us. Now, God's plan for Barak is to go and take with him 10,000 men from the tribes of both Naphtali and Zebulon. Both of those are north in Israel there. And go to Tabar, which is also in the north part of Issachar. Uh, so they're north now in Kadesh of Naphtali, and they are to go south, just past the southern border of Naphtali into Issachar to Mount Tabor. Uh, then God will cause Sisera, who is the captain of Jabin's army, and all of his men to go to the river Kishon, which is uh, the eastern and southern borders uh, of Issachar. And that is where God is going to deliver them into Israel's hands. Uh, so I know that was a lot of directions and, and names of locations and stuff. Again, if you have a map in the back of your Bible, you can probably find a lot of that on there. Um, but Barak has been called into the service of God uh, by God through Deborah, the judge. Uh, Barak has also been given the plan of attack, and he's also been promised a victory. How awesome is that? Uh, before you even go into a war, you know you're going to win. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so what was Barak's response to all of this? He was told the plan. He was told what God wants him to do. He was told God's going to allow him to win. So what is Barak's answer? Look at verse 8 again. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. Barak says that he is only willing to go. He's only willing to answer the call from God. Uh, he's only willing to be obedient to God and God's plan if Deborah goes with him. Uh, I wish that wasn't his response, just me personally. I just kind of wish he had said, absolutely, yes, I will go and I will do this. Um, but that's not the case here. Um, if if Barak uh, would have been like Joshua and said, I'm, I, if I'm the only one to go, uh, I'll do it anyways. I would have preferred that, but that's not God. Uh, that's not how it worked out here. Uh, and, and again, there's plenty of examples in the Bible of men and women who did that, who God said, do this, and they did it. Uh, I give you the example of Joshua. Uh, but God still used Barak. Even though that was his response, God still used him. Barak wasn't perfect. He wasn't brave like Daniel, but God still used him. He wasn't wise like Solomon, but God still used him. Uh, he wasn't the most powerful. Uh, he wasn't wealthy like some of the people we think of, Solomon or Job or Abraham in the Bible. He wasn't wealthy like them, but God still used him. So why did God use him? Well, I think first it was because he was willing. Uh, yes, I get that there is an if in this verse. Uh, but he was ultimately willing to do what God asked him to do. He did hesitate here. Uh, he was a little bit unsure about it. Uh, he wanted help to do it. Uh, but deep down inside, he 
was willing to do it. He just needed some help to get there. Uh, and, and secondly, he was used by God because he had a good godly friend that helped him stay on God's path. Uh, this is so important. Yes, we can serve God and, and be all alone. Uh, think of Noah. Uh, he didn't have any godly friends. He was the only righteous man on the entire earth, but God still used him. Uh, he was alone and God still used him. Uh, we could also talk about Abraham. We could talk about John the Baptist. For most of his ministry, he was alone and he still was used by God. So yes, we can do it alone. We don't have to have someone with us. Uh, but it is much easier to have someone helping you, having someone pushing you along. Now, uh, some years ago, actually right when Marshall was born, uh, I decided to buy a house and try to fix it up and flip it, you know, make a ton of money, become rich. Obviously, it didn't work. <laughs> I'm not rich. Uh, but, you know, I had this, you know, great idea. I got it from watching TV, you know. Uh, it shouldn't watch TV. Uh, but so I bought this house. It was a nice little two-bedroom house. And uh, I started working on it. And I was, you know, working tons of hours over at Shears at that time. And I'd work, uh, I believe, 12, yeah, 12-hour shift. And then I'd go over to the house and I'd try to work for a few hours, falling asleep while swinging the hammer kind of thing. And uh, so I was working on this thing all by myself. I wanted to do it all alone. I didn't want no help. I wanted to do this thing on my own. And six months later, and I'm still not done on this thing. And if you know anything about flipping houses, it's got to be done fast or you start losing money really, really fast. Uh, so then I finally decided, well, I better get some help. And I had some people help me. I actually had my dad and brother come down for a day and help me. Uh, do a few things. Uh, and then towards the end, I actually hired a guy and said, hey, I just I, I need help getting this done. And in just a few days, he finished up what probably would have taken me over a month to do. Uh, so I did get some help and I did finally get it done. Uh, sometimes we need someone there to help us. We need someone there maybe even just to say, hey, keep going. Uh, or maybe we need someone in our life to say, hey, watch out. You fell off the path a little bit here. Uh, or take my hand, I'll help you out kind of thing. And that is what Barak had. Uh, he said, I, I think I'll do this service for God, but I might need some help to do it. And he had someone that said, I got you, let's go do this. Uh, Barak needed a good godly friend in verse 8, and thank God he had one. Uh, so let's take a, a minute here and just think about Deborah in, in this moment, in in, in Barak's response here, what does Deborah do, the judge, the leader of Israel? Uh, Deborah, I see her as committed to getting God's plan done. Uh, look at verse 9 again. And she said, I will surely go with thee. I will surely go with thee. And I underline the word surely in my Bible. I will surely go, go with thee. She was committed to getting God's plan done. Uh, Deborah was willing to do anything it took to get God's plan done. She was willing to do anything for God. Uh, she could have told Barak, no, that's not my job. God told you to go do that. Uh, she could have said, God didn't call me to do that. God told, called me to just sit here and judge people. She could have even said, I'm busy. I got a whole line of people sitting over here by my palm tree and I can't go to war with you. Uh, she could have come up with a bunch of reasons that even probably seem pretty legitimate, uh, but she didn't. Uh, I don't know if she was surprised at Barak's answer or not, um, but she says, I will surely go with thee. 
Uh, it, it's, it's, there's no doubt in her mind. She didn't have to pause and think about it. She didn't have to pray on it for a few weeks like we, we like to do. Uh, she knew that God's, this was God's plan for them to go do this. Uh, she told the plan to Barak, and she, he says, come with me. And she says, surely, I'll go with you. I'll do it. Let's go. Uh, I think Deborah cared about the people of Israel. I think that's one reason why she said, surely, I'll go. I think she cared about Barak and, and wanted him to be uh, successful and everything to go well. But I think she also cared about the work of the Lord. And, and I think maybe that was her biggest deciding factor there. She cared about the work of the Lord. She was willing to do whatever it takes to get the work of the Lord done because she cared enough about the work of the Lord. Uh, she cared enough about the work of the Lord because she loved God enough. If you love God, you will love his work. It goes together. Uh, do we care enough about the work of the Lord? Uh, are there times when we are told of some work that needs done? Uh, maybe we see it in God's word when we're reading. Maybe we hear about it while we're at church, or maybe it's in a message that's preached here. Uh, and, and we think to ourselves, well, I don't know. I don't really kind of want to do that. Uh, we come up with some reasons why we can't do it. Uh, if there's work that needs done, God has work for us to do. And do we care enough to do it? Do we care enough about the work of the Lord to do it and get it done? If not, if we don't, are there, why is that? Are there some distractions in our life that we need to get rid of? Uh, maybe something that we need to get away from. Uh, maybe we need to put things in proper order. We talked this morning in Sunday school about God being a priority. If God is always at the top, his work's going to be at the top too. Uh, maybe uh, we don't love God enough to help us care enough about his work. Uh, we need to take a look at ourselves. Uh, we need to determine first if we are getting the work done that God has shown to us already. And if not, why? Why is it not getting done? And once we find out the why, we need to get it right with God. Uh, if, we, uh, if we were asked, if we would serve the Lord in some way tonight, if, if, if someone came up to you or God revealed to you a work that needed done, would your answer be, I will surely do it? I will surely go. I will surely get it done. Uh, let's make sure that we are willing to do what God has for us to do. Let's pray.